Former U.S. National Rugby Team Captain. Team Captain. Head Coach and General Manager. General Manager. Now, the co-founder and CEO of the New England Free Jacks. Now. Now. Full Contact CEO with Alex Magleby. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining Full Contact CEO today. I'm your host, Alex Magleby. I'm also co-founder and CEO of the High Fly New England Free Jacks and, of course, Heritage Sports Ventures. We're joined today by the boys of the Pig Athletic Club, Sione Halu and Johnny Brown, also known as Pack Daddy, apparently. <laughs> the Pig Athletic Club started off as an international rugby club established by a group of like-minded gentlemen, a term used loosely, perhaps, inspired by success style and touring rugby culture. Pig Athletic Club brand has evolved into one of the premier rugby content brands in Australia and fast across the rest of the world. These guys do an incredible job sharing the game through unique and hilarious content. Certainly really excited to learn from these guys today. Welcome along to Full Contact CEO, gentlemen. Thanks a lot, Max. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. It's great to have you. Quick just backgrounds. Shiona, you originally from Tonga but raised in Australia? Yeah, born over in Tonga but came over when I was a little baby, so... Pretty much Aussie, but look, Kiwi. <laughs> they look more Indian. Than <laughs> well, good day, mate. <laughs> and Johnny, how about you? Yeah, uh, uh, yes. My mother's Samoan, so half Samoan, half Aussie. I grew up on, on the Sunshine Coast, just outside of Brisbane in Queensland. I went to university with Sione's brother Isaac. That's how I met Sione. However, Sione didn't talk much for a long time, so I didn't even know he's from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a while, but. Yeah, we linked up that way, and uh, we played a bit of rugby together. Eventually, started touring together, and that's how the the brand, uh, I guess, the team started to form. Yeah, both union, but you, certainly you had a bit of league in your. And then I switched to union just to, for opportunities to overseas, play overseas. For our American audience, union and league are two different types of rugby that are not half related, only in word and a couple of other things. But that's a, both both are great games. But union is is the game of the world. So. Yeah, that's right. Game they play in heaven, and league is the game they play in hell. <laughs> That's the new T-shirt that you guys need to create. That's right. So speaking of, what is PAC? You go, mate. All right. So PAC it stands for Pig Athletic Club, and the two contrasting names there with Pig and Athletic is because we've always had players from different, I guess, playing and social backgrounds. We've always had that, I guess, athletic element as well as the pig, but uh, we sort of fuse the two together. I suppose, and we've always had a team that's consisted, uh, you know, half pig, I guess, and half athletic. But yeah. on this tour, I'd say it's more ninety-eight percent pig, two <laughs> yeah. percent athletic. <laughs> One of the most intelligent mammals. It's it's a perfect combination. Absolutely right. <laughs> yes, good to look at. <laughs> in 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 the pack is an acronym. Is pig also an acronym for anything, or nothing you can share? Oh uh, no, just just pig because uh, most yeah. of us are forwards. So most of us are forward. piggies. So. And that's yeah. it. But without, I um, mean, mostly smart, play. athletic, handsome. <laughs> you often see him on the touring scene. Most of most of the time, our number ten, our fly half, is the biggest in the team. <laughs> Shout out to Tino. <laughs> so was it? Was that true? It started as a touring team. It did. Yes. Yeah, so well, myself, I played in a few, I guess, uh, touring, I guess, corporate sevens teams and stuff like that. And I didn't really like the way they were run. And I guess the expectations that were attached to some of those. So we decided to uh, form our own team and we discovered there was a few tournaments through Southeast Asia and the rest of the world. We saw, we figured, yeah, let's give that a crack. We'll, we'll go under our own brand and we'll see how we go. And 
Our first tournament was in Bangkok in 2016, and that went really, really well. And we made some uh, good connections there, networked well, and we thought, yeah, we might be onto something here. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it rolling from there. And just uh, the rugby went well, or the tour went well. We actually won. Uh, <laughs> we won the plate <laughs> plate yeah. that year. We had, yeah. I, I guess, maybe 13 players or something. It was yeah. a tense tournament. We had no subs. Really, we lost those uh, three subs through injury anyway, but we still managed to push through and win, which is... Oh, we credit all the fill-ins that played for us in the final, the plate final, because none of us wanted to play. <laughs> we got everyone else in the other teams. What is so great about sevens tournaments is you're like, I'm in the final, and it could be like the Shield final. People yeah, are saying, yeah. that's awesome. You guys yeah, did so well. <laughs> the sponsors just like that. You yeah. want something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Bring back something. Yeah. So it's... Generally now we'll take two teams on tour, our Pack Barbars, which is our elite team, I suppose, and uh, just Pack Social, which is uh, just made up of social players. But I guess our, our expectations now is that our, our Barbars team will win the cup and the social boys will try to pick up a plate or boss tank card or something like yeah. that, just yeah. a more minor award, which is a cheap. How are you picking players? How do you go about that? I guess it all sort of comes down to funding, really. <laughs> The more money we have, we can really want to go on tour. Yeah, bring in some some heavyweight imports, just primarily for our Barbars team. But we've seen on one occasion we've brought in some some very good players for our social team. But I guess yeah, it really hinges on you know, availability. I guess money constraints for everybody else. But we will try to offset that as much as we can through sponsorship. How did you guys get from? So you started as a touring team, and then you know now if you if you if you look at it, multiple podcasts, you know, great social media presence, fantastic merch lines. How did how did that whole generation happen? We gradually sort of built it because you know as we got, went on the the last few years, we kind of just went off blindfolded, not knowing what would work and what wouldn't work. And what got us into the merch side of it was just going on tours and everyone wanted our kit. Or when we come home from tours and they saw our social media during the tour, people are trying to get our kit. So that's when we sort of moved into that space of making making merch or su- becoming a supplier, essentially. Did LA steal your colors, Giltinis, or did they did you steal their colors? <laughs> yeah, they definitely stole our colors. <laughs> How did you guys know at the very beginning, you're like, this is a brand or a feeling or an experience that we want to build upon? Like, what was the impetus for that? Because that's, you're talking, what, six, seven years ago now? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was just because in the first few years, it's people paying to come on tour. So after every tour, like when Johnny said the first tour, we only had 13, I'm pretty sure it was 11. We had one sub and then we had to ring in people for a tens tournament. So it gradually grew with, our, with every tour. And then when we did our first Maggot Fest, we had a massive squad. We probably could have had two teams. And that's how it's been every year when we go to Maggot Fest here in, in the States. So it keeps growing and we just, yeah. Weekend? Is that what you guys are doing this weekend? Mega Fest? Yeah, this weekend, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. How did you guys set up the structure? What's the like leadership? Johnny, your founder, co-founder? Like, what? How did you guys set up the overall structure? It's only for, uh, I guess, in the past sort of 18 months. Yeah, yeah. Since we when actually, COVID hit. When COVID kind of hit that we actually doubled down on. Yeah, sort of took a step back and looked at org structure and all that sort of stuff of, of the team. But up until that point, we were sort of, I guess, freestyling it a little bit because things were working. But yeah, I guess in the past 18 months, we've, we've started to have a serious look at that. We brought in a friend, Jay Ball Staunton, who hosts the, uh, the PAC show there. He's uh, a fairly prominent guy in the rugby community in Queensland and uh, a good business leader as well. So he's our, our ops manager. So he's been steering things a lot there. Sione and myself mainly lean toward the, uh, the apparel and merch side. 
and uh, more the creative side, I guess. Yeah. And we've got other, I guess, uh, support roles in the uh, the form of Tino, who's more our AV guy, our film and media stuff, and Franny, who's our social media superstar with his multiple personalities. Yeah. <laughs> that is <laughs> <That's> so good. <laughs> I'm a bit borderline, so, but... <laughs> yeah. But it was, all, all I think experience. it wasn't, the transition wasn't really until we doubled down on Rugby Union. Because mm. before COVID, we were, our content would have been everything, NFL, Rugby League, just anything. We were trolling people pretty much yeah. with memes. And then when COVID hit, we kind of have a meeting when we brought Jaybor in. And he's like, how about we double down on Rugby Union? Because Rugby League has a lot of pages at home, like uh, yeah. YKTR, Bloke in the Bar, NRL Rose. And rugby, and we looked at Rugby yeah. Union, we pretty had nothing. Uh, there's, you know, and Clubland back home is probably a lot bigger than the professional game, like a fan base. So we're kind of pulling on that tribalism and bringing the heroes down in Clubland that get no love which was yeah. us back in the day, and just putting him, giving give them a bit of a highlight. That's it. And not only that, but um, like the culture of rugby that we're all familiar with, regardless of geographical location that we wanted to present and put in the limelight there, that we all enjoy, we all love. Yeah. And those that uh, haven't experienced rugby, rugby and are top blokes or top girls, we know will uh, gravitate towards. So it's just, uh, yeah, channeling all that through our platform became our main, main focus. Yeah, I completely love that. When we were sitting down and we were building the Free Jacks and we're like, if we're going to make this happen, what, why are, why do we all want to be involved? And for decades, what keeps us coming back to the game? And the, the single thing that we could all come back to is rugby is just fun. Yeah. Rugby is really, really fun. And what we've failed to do, I think, and, and what you guys are, I think, doing a, a really great job of is actually sharing that with the rest of the world and like pulling that out and allowing that to be the actual narrative and there's the, the values of the game are awesome but, but that i think also then allows the fun to come out because it's not so it's not so angry right off the field yeah. and i just i really appreciate how you guys are bringing that part of the game out that nobody has really sold very well and, and sharing that across social which is yeah, and it really is rugby is game for everyone like you got uh, us fatties in the f- front yeah. row and then you got <laughs> Johnny's still Thanks, trying please. to cling on to the center line. Yeah. And yeah. And I think about contracts after this, Mags, mate. The <laughs> <laughs> trade deadline was three days ago, unfortunately. <laughs> so good. So what, what is the, is it, do you guys look at the bar stools of the world as, you know, kind of how to monetize and what you're looking to do? Yeah, I think that's what Johnny was looking to when he started sort of the, he wanted the social media part to align with. And I've kind of only you know, recently looked into their growth and how they started like watching all their documentaries and or pretty much trying to align. That's when we started the podcast and trying to align merch with that as well, which is still nutting out at the moment as well. So definitely Bustle Sports is, is probably the benchmark for what we're trying to do with Rugby Union. Yeah, so creating an audience and then being able to monetize that audience through sponsorship, merchandise, and experiences, right? I think. Also allowing, having a platform, like we've sort of got a platform now where we can offer pro players or retired players sort of somewhere to go and we help them out. Essentially what the pack show is, we we didn't want us to run it. We wanted to get some pro players that wanted to step into the media space. And that's what the Dallin and who were pro players and we're just there to help them out as well. That's awesome. So, you know, you, you look at the barstool model and you guys originally were looking at a whole, a lot of different segments and markets, NFL, just memes about other things now really concentrated on rugby union specifically and digging deep there at, at a future time. Do you think your growth is then to expand back out with other, 
um, affinity groups and verticals, or do you think that the audience generation and rugby union um, will come in order to you know get the growth that you want in time? Well, I, I definitely think we could. I've always wanted because I'm, I'm probably a bigger NFL fan than rugby fan. So <laughs> I want to step into other sports, and you know, if we get like build a team and. If well, essentially we have a platform, and then we could, yeah, guys that love rugby league, they can sort of build that part, and also for all the other sports. But at the moment, uh, just working on one thing, which is rugby union, which is what we know. Yeah, prove the vertical, and then yeah. you can expand horizontal. I love that. Love that. Love that. Are you guys seeing the growth that that you had hoped for? Yeah, I think we're surprised at how fast it grew actually in the last eighteen months, but it was essentially just because there was a gap in the market and no one was doing what we were sort of, and that's what I've been like when I look for content to do in the last 18 months um, is trying to do content that other people aren't doing, like adding voiceovers or looking at sort of certain plays that everyone misses during the game, like every other rugby page is showing all the yeah. hits and all that, yeah, yeah, um, everything else. And we try and look at like little niggle plays or anything just off the ball, which is, we can, you know, get other people's yeah. characters, like the pests on the field. You, that's their character, and people wouldn't know unless you, you actually put it out there. Someone just walking around. Yeah. Or just wearing something funny in the crowd. Funny or like yeah, yeah. or something like yeah. that, or the coach going absolutely nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you guys are on a tour right now of the U.S., that true? Yeah, we started in Hawaii because my brother had his wedding there, and then we kind nice. of making our way to Missoula the long way. <laughs> no East Coast? No East Coast this time, but I think next year we're going to change up our tour a bit, maybe go somewhere different each year instead of going back to Maggot Fest every time. For some of us, it's it's pretty easy to get here. For, for others, uh, a bit more difficult. So I think we might diversify a little bit there and, and change up the venues every year or hopefully get more tours into the U.S., which we'd love love to do. And you guys went to, have you gone to any MLR games? You did the San Diego game or? Yeah, San Diego game on the weekend. Unfortunately, our good is lost, but it's, <laughs> it's a good atmosphere. It's good to see. I think the crowd's more vocal here than it is back home. Yeah. So it's something that we could, you know, bring back home and hopefully lighten it up a bit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I was I think really you, you, you see the audience is not, it's, they haven't been playing private school rugby their whole life. You know what yeah. I mean? They're very... Their connection to rugby, if they have it, is through university or they showed up at a men's club amateur training. And so it's really then how normal sports in the United States are treated, you know, which is row rowdy and rambunctious, which is good. Yeah, yeah the best you, was scrum time. They were, everyone's cheering yeah. for scrum time. Like, scrum time, scrum Normally back home, everyone wants to get rid of it. Yeah, it's a yeah, thankless job. Back yeah. home, but uh, over here they show a bit of love. So, what what else are your takes on MLR? I think it's great for the game. Like I remember when my brother played that pro rugby when he was here at San Francisco, and yes, yeah. a little bit all over the place. Whereas yeah. like this is more more where the game should be going in 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 America, and it's good to see the game grow here. And yeah. even though there's a lot of South Africans, we'd like to see more Aussies <laughs> over here. Yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of Australians though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the opportunities. More Americans. No, there's plenty of them. Lots of teams, and it's very competitive too. I know there's yeah. only one or two teams maybe that are struggling a bit, but overall, it's it's excellent to see it. It's so close, you know, you know, yeah. compared to the Super Rugby competition where Australia's going through New Zealand at the moment and having a pretty hard time <laughs> picking up the occasional yeah. dub, but it's good to see here. It's it's so competitive as well. Definitely a fan of the drafts, you know, 
putting onus on the the D1 colleges and the pathway and sort of and the and the, I think the draft would be a good sort of pull for a content piece as well for the game in the future as it grows. So it's good to get started early. Yeah, you look at our social numbers on for MLR owned and operated channel and the the numbers for the draft and are much higher than just the everyday. Yeah. Those, those stories of hope and inspiration and I think it'd be it'd be a great story. You guys, you know, Australia's gone through a lot. Quick quick take on Australian rugby. Everyone sees America as a sleeping giant. I see back home Aussie as a sleeping giant because we're competing with a lot of sports yeah. um, for, for the talent and a lot of sports are taking our talent from um, high school, which is is a strong is a strong game at high school, and our high school game is probably one of the best, probably on par with New Zealand. But yeah, yeah I think it's a sleeping giant, and it's it is it's a battle for for rugby Australia, and we make sure you know to keep them. <laughs> we're pretty, pretty much like a watchdog with our men, yeah. just to troll them a little bit to <laughs> keep them on on the path, especially with women's rugby as well, which is blowing up on in the northern hemisphere, and we just like to make sure our girls aren't too far behind. Yeah, that's really well said. Do you, World Cup in twenty seven? Will that be a game changer? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, the we got the Lions tour. I think the, the in two thousand twenty five. I think yep. just two years before that, and then the Women's World Cup two years after the Men's World Cup. So I think rugby's. I think yeah, rugby's going to go off in in Australia, and I think you'll see a lot of NRL players, rugby league players, come over just for the opportunity yeah. to play rugby union, which is I think the third biggest sporting event in the world do, yeah do you think I mean, there's more attendees per match than soccer world cups there's just not as many matches it's it's there's the stats are um staggering really when you look at them and kind of we've gone through that here you know hosting the 31 yeah. you know, the problem we have today well can we get three million spectators yeah paying 150 200 a ticket uh, to go to see a world cup match that's our challenge you know the next nine years is building yeah. that audience I think you you'll see all the English because everywhere the English or all the UK teams go, all their fans just go anywhere yeah. or they'll, they'll be yeah. fine. Well, that's also the the problem with rugby in, in the world right now is a lot of the dollars are flowing in from yeah. and there's nothing wrong with this retirees, baby boomers who have the time and disposable income to travel for events like the World Cups and Lions Tours and, and the internationals. And so I think what the work you guys are doing is sharing the game with hopefully a younger audience that otherwise may not be exposed to it is is key for how we grow this. Yeah, even keeping the young players in the game, like the Colts, mm-hmm. trying to you know just highlight every now and then the young players coming up. So give them a little bit of love in the game. Because I remember we were in that position. No one's showing you love. And you're like, okay, I'll go try another sport. I'll go try another sport. Whereas... You kind of get a bit of, uh, show them a bit of love and they might stick around. Yeah, it's, it's really well said. The, you know, Australian club rugby, amateur club rugby, arguably the best amateur club rugby, the Shoot Shield, for example, amateur rugby club competition in the world. And as you said, it's very tribal, great facilities. Did, did, has Australian rugby gone wrong by trying to do super as opposed to like the NRL, NRL model where just build, building up those clubs? You know, is there is there a layer too many? Is it, should have, should the money have gone to that club level? Well, yeah, personally, yeah, I think I personally think they did go wrong there, but I think it was it's a little bit too late now since they've already how long has it been Super Rugby going around for almost twenty years or so, so it's probably a little bit too yeah. late to you know shift it back to club rugby, but wouldn't be against them if they did try to push it back because yeah. yeah, the tribalism back in club rugby is massive. Awesome. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot more they could do, definitely. As Sonia mentioned, it might take a bit of time, but I still think they can do things to like alleviate particularly the costs of playing rugby. When you speak yeah. to people back home, it's a very expensive game to play for juniors, hence why it's always been perceived as more of a white, white-collar sport. However, I have played with clubs back home where they've, they're headed by great businessmen. So they do their things to, to offset all those costs through their own initiatives and stuff like that because they love the game. They'll do everything they can to bring people on and, and try to take yeah. away some of those um, shortfalls, I guess. But there is a lot more that Australian rugby can do to, to help that out. Yeah, I think, funny they got a, I think sort know, of helping out the clubs as well, using the leverage or a lot, you see a lot of yeah. clubs back home, they're not really using social media to the full extent and using that to get sponsors on board. I think there needs to be sort of like a, a workshop or something that Rugby Australia should be helping out all the clubs yeah. back home, not just the premier clubs, like all through down to, you know, our local country, country clubs close, right. using social media, which is a massive pull. You're saying the cost of the game you know, for, for the, for youth, what are, what are those costs? Cause for us, some of the sellability of it here is you don't need pads like football. Yeah. You just really need a ball and, and, and mates to play with. What kind of costs are people running into? I think the junior game would probably be a three fifty a season. And so coaching, you're paying for coaching or like, what are you paying for? I think it's insurance, insurance is, and yeah, kit as well. Kit and stuff like that. But uh, usually uh, you're getting a sponsor to cover those, those kit costs. Yeah. But then, yeah, I guess the, the rugby costs itself, which go to state and I guess federal. Yeah. I was in rugby league, it was, I think as a junior, it was 40 bucks, as I remember, for the entire season. And then as a senior, you don't pay any fees, you get paid to play. So even in Colts, it, yeah. you're getting paid. Paid to play, even at low, and say low level. But yeah. uh, rugby league, for instance, at club competition yeah. there, one of the other lads saying he was getting 200 bucks a game to play like what Div 3 or something yeah. like that. Nothing. I think a Shoot Shield, like that sort of, which is the Q Cup back home in rugby league, I think when I was playing, the minimum was 750 a win. And then it was wow. like 100 a loss and draw. Yeah. So it, that adds up pretty quickly. Yeah. You're turning over, you know, 20, 30 grand a, a game. Do they get that many fans ticketing wise? Or is that purely so. sponsorship and philanthropy? I think the rugby league clubs are more so just from pokies, yeah, okay. uh, which is because they're connected to leagues clubs. So, like slot machines. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. That explains it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that explains it. All right. Uh, can we jump into the podcast for a second? How many podcasts are you guys running now? I will drop back now to just the pack podcast and the the pack show. Uh, try yeah. and get that firing. We did have the far loose, yeah, yeah. But I think uh, when I come, when I'm back in Aussie in a few months, we'll uh, kind of rejuvenate that and and get that going again. See if there's a, a pro that's keen to run it. Are you seeing your audiences grow for the pod? Yeah, yeah. I think every time you just got to be diligent with it. If you miss a week or you miss two weeks, you sort of see the numbers drop back down. So, but if you do. Week to week. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, consistency uh, helps. Uh, yeah, speaking of Barstool, they do a great job of that. Like Erica Nardini, her her CEO one is she does it she's you know, twice a week. It's whatever yeah. the number is, but it's always it's there's there's no dropped moments, which is really good. The merch, are you you're designing that, Sione? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna use this trip because I'll be heading over to Europe as well. So I'm gonna use the trip as sort of a way to not so much rebrand, but just change up our designs as well and come up with new new sort of concepts. designs and concepts uh moving forward into aussie summer back home up 
That's great. You guys are doing the off-field, like the bench warmers t-shirt, but if I understand correctly, you've, you're creating a line for actual sports performance? Yeah, yeah. So Pack 8 is um, pretty much a, a teamwork supply, which is what we've been doing the last few years for ourselves. And we just, it took us a while to find some suppliers that got the quality right, and but we finally got that. And now we're just going to need to market it properly to, to clubs and teams and offer more, more than just the kit. Uh, so also, also the content side and helping clubs like we said before, connect with sponsors and connect with their fans. That's great. And when we, we started our kind of free jacks model, we built in house and then, you know, our own, we work with a fulfillment center and everything else, but not using effectively a, a top to bottom provider. How are you yeah, yeah. doing that? Are you guys running that? Are you running the warehousing and fulfillment or are you guys third partying the whole thing? Yeah. So all the teas that we have on, on that we sell is uh drop ship. But yep. then when we do all the team where then we, we sort that out in-house, uh, yeah. it's pretty much me, Johnny and Jable, uh, sort that, that side of the business out. Just have a couple of beers and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how some of our content sessions we're like, oh, we have yeah. a week. And then the beer's rolling. Oh, we haven't shot anything all week. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right, we'll try again next time. Uh, I've been there. I've been there. Okay. Rapid fire. Johnny, what's Johnny's favorite, uh, best moment on a rugby tour? Probably couldn't say his <laughs> best moments, but I think uh, probably just roasting the boys. That's it. Every, <laughs> I think every day, every probably every every minute Wait. is just roasting people, keeping them on their toes. But everyone keeps coming back. So yeah, <laughs> sometimes people just like to be made fun of. Yeah, I feel part of the crew. <laughs> Johnny, so, what's Johnny's worst worst rugby? tour moment worst rugby tour moment oh, that's 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 a tough one Sioni's pretty good actually he, he does uh he does have one too many one too many margaritas sometimes he makes a fool of himself it's uh oh mate <laughs> what's the worst tour moment yeah he's really good he turns into a bit of a consummate professional when we're on tour yeah. he goes to a bit of a management role I'm the content guy. So, it's, content uh, so it's just a bit frustrating there that you say that. <laughs> I know I've had my first worst moment. I lost my passport in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Managed to locate it the next day. Arrived in late and then got hazed for that. <laughs> a multiple bad moments. Understandably so. <laughs> the strategy's been pretty slick. It's pretty, pretty clean, to be honest. What's Secret. your favorite piece of merch that you guys sell? My favorite's fanny packs. It's uh, they're a bit what, what is your color blue? It's not a light blue. What would you, how would you describe your blue? Yeah, we'd like to call it a little bit off sky blue. Off sky. Yeah. <laughs> this year, this year we've like gone. Easy Sunday morning. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> we've gone with the purple this for this maggot fest to change it up. Yeah. We went pretty abstract this time around. Like, I guess we went full retro track suits. I think I did the purple just to Paulie Santinelli. He's hating our Giltini's colors, so we thought we'd we'll change it up just for him. And he's still is Paul playing with you guys this weekend? No, no. He's what's he got on this time? Something. Oh, he's made up something. He's made up something. <laughs> I don't know what we've done to offend you, Paul. If you listen to this, <laughs> please, please come much. back. Please. That is Steven Seagal. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. The the team for this weekend, where are mostly overseas, or do you have some Americans playing? Well, it's half Most, Canadian. Yeah, half, half Canadian, uh, half uh, American, handful of us. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's our sort of general mix. I guess our first season, uh, 
I guess, major tournament coming back, even though we had a small Magafest tour last time. This The, the tournament's in full swing now, so yeah. We would have hoped always to get a few more players in from the from Australia, but it's a bit difficult with the, the club season. Yeah. The way. And just travel right now is such a pain. Oh, so yeah. Expensive. <laughs> what, what is it about rugby, rugby union, that allows you guys to build such an incredible community and, and others as well? I think it's the pool where... Well, it is a world game. So everywhere you go, you know, you've always got friends. Like I've played a few seasons overseas in Europe and I've been lucky enough that rugby is the reason why I went there. So I always had friends and it's easy to travel the world when you just find the closest rugby club. You've you've got mates yeah, there right. that get along. Like, you know, they're a bit weird, especially the Brits. But yeah, <laughs> you learn to love them. Yeah. Well, very well said. Now, if you guys were in my shoes and you're running the free jacks, what are the things you'd be focused on? Oh, mate, you're doing well already. You got maybe more Aussies. <laughs> Kiwis, more Aussies. <laughs> yeah. South African coach and Kiwi sister. What would you? I guess it's like my, I guess, most common thing I hear, even though it does surprise me a lot, was when I talk to, talk to Americans while I'm here and they see I've come from a rugby game, I'm going to a rugby-related event, is say, that, oh, I didn't know that was on. I didn't know. That was insane. really man like yeah yeah so what can we do to to really well, obviously without breaking the bank too much but trying to trying to get people talking about it more maybe we need to see i need to do a sex tape or something <laughs> 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 to get people talking about rugby something obscene but yeah that's i don't know it's it's such a tough one there but yeah, if you had an mlr team which is probably what we want to do once a few of our multis trees. hit off i think uh, just you're probably guys already doing it. That's why you guys are having so much success at the moment is just getting guys that buy into the, the culture of the club. I think that's the main thing is just the, the players is, is what sells the what sells the, the brand. And I think yeah. if we were to own a or run a MLR club, I think making sure the players branding, like, you know, that, that side of the game is will help, you know, bring yeah. fans in. Because if they don't know, like if you know who who's playing, like Sonny Bill, he's you know everyone knows Sonny Bill, and you're going to go to the game. Oh, Sonny Bill's playing. Yeah. So I think helping the 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 branding of each each player, their personal branding will in, essentially help the, the the teams teams branding as well and getting seats. And I hope well, everyone's the World Cup as well. If uh, if the US hosts that, that yeah, I mean, that's just a big yeah yeah oh yeah. We've got some talented Aussies down in junior level. If I was you, I'd be getting him early. What I loved is, is it's about getting out of our own echo chamber. You know, Johnny, to your point is how do we get that new audience? Yeah. You know, Brett Gosper was on the other day and just just grabbing a hold of the other sports yeah. that exist. And and so to your point, the individuality, the, creating those heroes, yeah. and really understanding who those characters are. That's what we really relate to. Yeah. The characters, the conflict and resolution will come from the game. You know, if this is about telling a story about those characters, very well said. Boys, well, how do people... Go ahead, no, uh, the loose head prop. Kyle, the eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Every time he drinks yeah. a prop, he's coming. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just who he is, which is awesome. You know, yeah. he spends like his summers working on an oyster boat. That's awesome. Our other um, really American and the forwards who's done really well. You know, he grew up on a farm and he raises his own beef cattle and, you know, he's a hard working kid. And yeah. that's, again, very relatable. Yeah, yeah, that's what those um the NFL does well. Those NFL films or E six, yeah. they do it. Awesome really. jobs, capturing yeah. some of yeah 
stories. Yeah, well said. Very well said. And you look at the NBA. I mean, LeBron is bigger than the NBA. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's good lessons as we grow. Guys, awesome to have you. Best of luck this weekend and um, on the rest of your journey. How do people get a hold of you over social? We're just on Instagram. Just search Pig Athletic Club. It, there's no one else. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, same handle. And if you want to email yeah. us, you can email us at sioni at pickup.com. Yeah. <laughs> I've also got OnlyFans if you guys want that. No, we, we did have a, a pack hotline and that, that we got a lot of abuse on that. Yeah. yeah did you really? <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Rival podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you shut it down or did you like keep uh, going and share uh, the recording? Yeah, we shut, we it, shut down. it down. Yeah. It was hard. We're like, mm-hmm. that's how call it number one. And be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> They're just <laughs> abusing us. Everybody check it out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. No TikTok? Oh, yeah, we're on TikTok, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And OnlyFans this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so good to have you both. Thank you. Love what you're doing. Love how you're changing the uh, narrative in a really fun way. And um, it's awesome. Everybody out there, thanks for listening to the latest episode of Full Contact CEO. Stay tuned for a slate of exciting guests in the world of sports, business, and, of course, rugby. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, and make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter for all the latest updates. Go Free Jacks. Let's ride.